Hey everybody, this is John. Uh, just a quick warning, this movie features a rape scene that is kind of played for comedy, which is kind of gross, and we talk about it a little bit, not graphically in the episode, but it is mentioned, so if you feel like you need to skip this one, go on ahead, no judgment at all. We'll see you next time. So, you've been talking about how we want to repaint the house. Mm-hmm. May I propose... Furry walls. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is Home Viewing. Yay. What is Home Viewing? It's a podcast. Where we watch... Movies. What? Well, Films. <laughs> In alphabetical order. From alpha. To omega. Zeta. No. You said alpha. I thought we were doing Greek. Do they not have a Z? Well, they do have Zeta, but that's not the last letter. The last letter is omega. Oh, no. That's, that's, why that's wrong. Good thing they're not here anymore. They're, oh, s- wait. they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> what are we... Oh, my God. I, I, I think I get why you did the... I didn't understand why you were doing the Greek letters. You didn't do that on... what's today's episode? You did, oh my god, did you not do it on purpose? What, but what's today's episode? Get him to the Greek! A 2010 raunchy comedy from Nicholas Stoller, who uh, also directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which... Marshall, which this is a <laughs> uh, spinoff of, yeah. actually. With uh, only one character really carried through. <laughs> it's funny because Jonah Hill plays an entirely different character in that movie. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They just gave him a completely different haircut and expected us to suspend our disbelief. But Which we, all we did because, you know, it was earlier in his career, so we probably forgot about him. Uh, he was still pretty well known at that point, I think. <laughs> I first watched this movie probably in like 2012. I think you showed it to me. Oh, I watched it at the movie theater. <laughs> Had you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall before? No. Neither had I. I, I. I did eventually go back and watch it. And Sarah Marshall is a good but very different movie. Mm-hmm. It's also got an R-rated comedy thing, but it's more of a meditation on, um, you know, post-breakup Would life. you say this is like the golden age for raunchy comedies, though? Because you have, like, uh, 21 Jump Street that followed, like, shortly after that. And... I feel like that's how Jonah Hill kind of established his mm-hmm. cred as... As the guy who could, like, be the odd man in raunchy comedies. Mm-hmm. Even, like, his early, like, pre-Superbad stuff, honestly. I, actually, I don't know if... I don't know if Admission was before or after Superbad. I don't remember. But they, he's he's been in a lot of movies like this before he... And, you know, he's also been in, like, serious acting role movies. Has he? are what? also arguably raunchy comedies. Oh. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. That's its own weird it's, genre. It's Scorsese. That Wolf of Wall Street is Scorsese, is what it is. Which so I know. don't like Scorsese. <laughs> you liked The Departed. Departed. <laughs> and you liked Goodfellas. I definitely would like to watch Wolf of Wall Street again. Mm-hmm. But my, I was not impressed when I saw it. I was like, "What uh, is this?" You liked it the first time you saw it. You uh, were lying to me. You would you enjoyed some aspects. You liked Margot Robbie. Who doesn't like Margot Robbie? <laughs> We suffered through that horrible other movie for her. Oh, which movie? The, the villains one. Oh, God. What Suicide I, Squad. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember. It was so bad, I can't remember. It was very bad. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about... Get him to the Greek. A movie about the music industry, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> and also, but also about the way that we value ourselves, kind of. And also about manipulation, kind of. And well, okay, this is rape. Definitely... A couple of rapes. Uh, yeah. A couple? At, at least one. Arguably two or three. It's, it's an iffy film. It is so fun for like the first hour and then it dips into that rape scene and i'm like and it gets funny again but they kind of just gloss over that you know like jonah hill's jonah hill's character literally does say i think i just got raped yeah no that was that was i don't i don't remember him saying that last time or the few well let's be honest watch this a few times watch this i've seen this at least four or five times before this At least. I've at least seen it like six or seven Well, this this used to be one of our go-to, when we're feeling kind of down or we don't have anything to do. Hey, want to laugh? Let's watch this movie. You know? Which was kind of my motivation in buying it because we'd already been... Listen, I just want to say that uh, everything I say on this podcast is performance art and shouldn't be considered evidence in any criminal trials or civil litigation. So we'd been pirating it before. It's like, where are you going with this? But it was, you know, it was a good purchase. I think it was good. It's interesting, though, because Russell Brand, this is before Russell Brand's marriage to Katy Perry. And I've seen a, a lot of things as like, this should have been the warning sign a little bit to Katy Perry. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think she should have needed any warning signs. <laughs> I just would not have gone there. With Russell Brand? Yeah. Yeah. As, as hot as he is sometimes. But in a very particular way. You know way. what? I used to think so. And now I look at it and I'm like, no. He's, a, not. he's an absolute mess, is uh, what he is. Russell... Mm. But you, this movie is definitely someone just being like, I had this weird idea. Well, it's being like, hey, what character is the most likely to carry a spinoff from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, Russell Brand? Yeah, let's get him. But the writing is oh, no, the, the pretty jo- good. The joke writing is on point. Yeah. Laughs per minute, very high. Laughs per minute. Is that... Yeah, that's that's one of our, <laughs> that's one of our metrics, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Because we use units in this household. Yes, we do. <laughs> Other hosts he's, of podcasts. He's not going to listen to this because mm. he doesn't love us. Mm. Laughs per minute. Good. Very good. Yeah, there's a... After the wonderful intro of uh, African Child. Oh my which, god. Which if is you're hol- not... If you're not familiar with this movie... Or you're li- and you're listening to this and you're just listening to us... Please at least go watch I that just video. Think about it... If Paul Simon did Graceland, but it wasn't Paul Simon, and it was just... I mean, oh, How could I put this? You know, it reminds me this of, This would like, be like if Jack White tried to make Graceland completely oh insensitively. Oh my god, no, he is Jack White. Oh, he kind of is, isn't <gasps> oh, he? Oh, no, that's kind of mean to Jack White. Uh, well... well. <laughs> but no, it remi- you know who he also gives me a strong, like, YouTube vibes? YouTube vibes? Yeah. Yeah. He... I mean... Like, the whole desert thing, and, like, god. the... I've crossed the Mystic Desert. <laughs> I want to be like an African white space, space Christ, is how he described his costume for that video. Basically, he makes an album that is suppo- meant to draw attention to the plight of Africa, having never actually been to Africa. With no intention to go to Africa. Absolutely. He's like, he's very serious about going there eventually. Rose Byrne. Rose oh, Byrne man. in this movie is Jackie She's Q, the best. who's like s- between a Katy Perry and like Lady Gaga analog yeah. somewhere. She is a lot of fun in this. Rose Byrne is great. She would eventually go on to star in another of Nicholas Stoller's movies, one of which that we own. 
Neighbors. Ne- yeah, oh, so this guy, yeah. yeah, so this guy directed well, Forgetting Sarah. Well, she's other better things, so. though. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's interesting that this is one of the directors that we I unintentionally own two movies of. I we have Neighbors. But it's, it's funny to me that we, like, oh, I didn't even know who this director is. Oh, uh-huh. by the way, we own two of his movies, yeah. you know? No, Rose Byrne has done better work, but this is hilarious. Yeah. It's, she's so funny. She sells the hell out of it. There is a lot of a lot of sex comedy in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. It's interesting though because the movie seems to be like, "Ah, oh, yes, look at this junkie. He's so funny to laugh at." And then it like gets on your case for laughing at him yeah. by the end of it. It's like it like turns it around on you, but it it feels like not in a strong enough it's way to make not, a point, though. Yeah, it's not very deftly done. They play the drug scenes for comedy a little too much to effectively make the point that they're trying to make at the end. But the drug comedy is funnier than the sex comedy, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. There are a couple of just masterful moments in this, I think. Uh, I think both of which are in Vegas, frankly. Yeah. The, my, my two favorite cinematic moments are, are what happened in Vegas, which is uh, when uh, Russell Brand sends Jonah Hill's character, the A&R guy, she, he sends him to go pick him up some heroin. Um, Casual? Yeah, casually. Casually. But and only after he stomps out the bag that he smuggled for him. That he was forced to smuggle for him, <laughs> which I would argue is the second rape in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's forced to unwillingly put something inside of his anus. Like, huh. yeah. Huh. It's definitely kind of assault, that's for sure. Wow. He uh, there's a there's this great montage of him going down to the con right after he goes down to the concierge and asks for a guest named Heroin, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great funny conceit in itself. Uh, T J Miller plays the concierge slash drug dealer, which T J Miller is his own pile of shit yeah. that we. Oh, don't there's get a lot into. of um, comedy oh. people in this movie. My favorite. Um, well, one of my favorite parts is when they're at their like meeting. In, at the beginning, mm-hmm. they're meeting with Diddy. Oh, yeah. Diddy is in this film. <laughs> Diddy is Diddy. maybe the funniest character in this movie. But all his co-workers are also comedy people. Yeah, yeah you've got Nick Kroll. You've got uh, pre, pre-controversy as he's on Sorry. Pre-fame, arguably. I, yeah. I, think, I think his first stand-up album had come out at that point, and he uh-huh. was on Parks and Rec, but he wasn't as well-known. But Nick Kroll is there. Jake Johnson is there. Mm-hmm. Ellie Kemper is there. Which- I know, like, my first view of this, I didn't know who any of these people were yet. Maybe then, Aziz, but not anyone else. Yeah, because I don't think New Girl had even come out yet at that point. Because that came out in 2011 or 2012. It came out in 2012, I think. So, like, Jake Johnson was in here and no one even knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I do really like that the, the power that uh, Diddy as Sergio has over literally all of his employees, like, when he forces the jazz guy to pick up his phone and then throw it out of, out of the meeting. And then, like, Nick Kroll, who's like, I'm having a panic attack right now. I've got 20 kookaroos. 21, sir. How many kookaroos do you have? You ain't got no kookaroos. People love chicken. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> a true statement. I mean, it is cool, though. He's... The problem that I have is he is the only major black character. Yeah. And he is supposed to be a representative of the problems with the music industry. Whereas you have Jonah Hill, the white rock fan who wants to bring the music back to its roots. And break it just about the music. Mm, This is what happens when you have a podcast about movies. Is you note and you... 
work to notice them is you notice all the problematic aspects of some of your favorite comedies. Elizabeth Moffs is there. She's problematic she, as hell. Well, she as a person, she is. But Yeah, not her. Uh, <laughs> well, but I mean, so that's the same thing we're talking about with like Aziz. She's a Scientologist. You cannot be a good person she was to be a Scientologist. Up in, she was brought up in it. But it's... No, 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 you gotta understand. If you're... I have more sympathy for her who was brought up in Scientology than I do for, say, Tom Cruise, who is a person I also love that love their acting performances. Uh, but, like, Tom Cruise is, like, a convert. and like is, He's, like, the figurehead yeah, of and that's And the problem, the thing is, Elizabeth Moss was brought up in it. It's, like... I know it's hard to escape. You, it's hard to escape. And, like, any religion that you're brought up in, you're probably might end up sticking around in it. And I feel like Scientology especially is good at keeping people but in check. But I think once you have that much money, you should leave. Mm. If you can. Maybe she can. The problem is they're giving all their Maybe money to they... Scientology. No, like, you don't understand. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Elizabeth Moss is really good in this, though. I watched the documentary. I know everything about it. I think when I watched this, I hadn't watched all of The West Wing yet. Oh, yeah. So I think I knew oh. her primarily as... Uh... As uh, the... Oh man, we gotta watch West Wing now. Yeah, uh, I, I knew her primarily from Mad Men. That's for yeah, sure. mm-hmm. as Peggy, um, and it was cool to see her playing another character, playing more of a comedy forward mm-hmm. character. Not that Peggy doesn't Wait, have her funny moments. I don't think Mad Men was. Mad Men had been on at this point. I think Elizabeth Moss's character actually lended a somewhat compelling conflict to it, um, and I think that her interaction with Jonah Hill was prop and relationship with Jonah Hill may have been the most relatable part of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very, like... She's the down-to-earth character. She's the one that doesn't get caught up... Well, at the beginning, doesn't get caught up in any of... <laughs> Absolutely. The shenanigans. And, and I was gonna say, Jonah Hill is meant to be the straight man to Russell Brand's odd man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, and that dynamic works very well. But then you even have someone... Flip-flops. Outside viewing it in... Viewing it in, which uh-huh. works very well with yeah. Elizabeth Moss, who's... Sort of Jonah Hill's tether to real life and not mm-hmm. rock star life. And she is, at the beginning, presented as a conflict that is preventing him from having this music-forward rock star lifestyle. Especially, you know, when he wants to go to the Mars Volta and Pixies show, which sounds like a hell of a sounds lineup. Sounds great. I would Honestly, have gone. I would have gone. But also... But if you're in your uh, rotations... And you've done a 12-hour shift. Yeah, I don't think I would yeah. go either. God, the blood on the scrubs at the beginning. <laughs> Incredible. Like, there are a decent amount of visual gags in this movie, too, that aren't... I mean, it's not necessarily purely visual, but where the characters interact with their environment. I mean, as far as, like, Like set dressing and production design, it ain't huge and great, but... Everything was very, like, on location. With the exception of, God, the casino scene (laughs) was... The Come On Eileen cinem- Cinematic masterpiece. Uh, no. Um, shamefully, I think that's how I learned about that song. You had never heard Come On Eileen before? I probably had heard it. You had it, definitely heard it. But I it. got really into it after that. Of course you did. God. That was also funny. It had probably the best, the most film, God. the most film forward joke of the uh, of the movie was in that scene too, when they're running through the hallways and Jonah Hill says it's the longest hallway ever, <laughs> and Russell Brand yells out, "It's Kubrickian." <laughs> God, I had completely forgot about that. I didn't. I, I don't didn't remember, remember it being in there. Yeah, and I think maybe I wasn't in a place to get it maybe. before. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe we, maybe we'd heard him say, and we also had the title. Uh, not one of the subtitles. The title. Yeah, the subtitles this time. So that might have been a helping thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of blending of like British British humor from Russell Brand, like that British sensibility with the American sensibility. Uh-huh. It's it's interesting because I don't know, like the one part where. He's on the phone with Lars Ulrich, and Lars Ulrich says, Hey, Jackie, your mom sounds like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> all the all the Aldous and Jackie interactions are oh, hilarious. really good. Just They know so how to play funny. off each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when they brought in, like, real-world celebrities and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was really cool. To play cool. themselves, it was fun. Like, when, like, you had Meredith Vieira and Paul Krugman playing themselves. You had Pharrell playing himself yeah, in that one scene with that the, was funny. Sergio. You're about one shade away from Carlton, motherfucker. God, that that part is really funny. Like, Diddy steals the scenes in all yeah. of them. He is hands down the funniest part of this movie. Yeah. And like, maybe that maybe that's writing. Maybe it's his performance. I think it's both. I, both, absolutely both. I also like his bodyguard who has two lines. Yeah. You all are fucked. Oh no no, we went to see Cher. How was it? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> God. Uh, and the the music is believable, yeah. too. That's the thing. It's not... Some of it is comedy music if you pay attention to it. Yeah. But it's written in such a way that you would believe it as, like, British post-punk rock, you know? Honestly, I feel like they were taking stabs at, like, Maroon 5. Because their music is kind of, like, non-dense like that. <laughs> It's Ex- excluding songs about Jane, which is the best Maroon Five album ever. Well, I think, but I think there were also the thing that made this movie hard to believe is that there is no rock god, yeah, like that anymore. Yeah, everyone is either gone pop or is in their fifties to to. Well, no, in their like sixties to eighties, to be honest. Yeah, there's no one acts like that anymore. Like it's yeah. always like a band, or they're. You know, but like no, I don't think there are any bands that are that big anymore. That are big enough to sell out a concert in two days, <laughs> or in ten minutes. A concert that is two days away in be. ten minutes, and that's the thing. I think we're just not thinking of them because we don't listen to the radio. I think anymore. we know a little too much about the actual the process works. of yeah. Well, I don't know much about the music industry itself, but I know enough about trying to put even a local show together right. that you're not going to announce a concert two days in advance <laughs> and sell it out. Unless... Uh, well, somewhat... Unless... You're Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Beyonce or but like I, Lady Gaga or the Jonas Brothers. I, and I think that's what they're trying to make us believe is that Alda Snow is on the level of yeah. these people. Sergeant Pepper. African, African Child. Child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot... A lot, and that is where a lot of the humor comes from. Is Aldous Snow's like lack of self awareness, which you know, well, maybe see, some people aren't that self aware. I feel like American films also like to play up British people as like a lot more like close, but also raunchy. Like his mom and his like that's brotherhood's manager. This definitely. is one of his managers, I think. Yeah, like, maybe his personal assistant. I don't know. Yeah, but. And even the way he talks to his dad, mm-hmm. it just seems very like very alien and non-American at all. Like I think Americans lack that kind of closeness in a way. Or, or at least that's how film. Yeah, how make film us... world works. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like if you're British, then you're going to be a lot more frank about things, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. people aren't necessarily having the stiff upper lip. Now I think it might make a difference 
because they're supposed to be from like working class roots or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Call Meany as uh, Aldous's dad. Brilliant casting, I thought. I know him the most as Chief Miles O'Brien from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, who, which is a great character. He's just trying to do his job in the midst of all of everything. Which else. Star Trek is it? Uh, Deep Space Nine. That's the That's one that. So it's a technically a spinoff of Next Generation, I think. Really? Yeah, but it's um, set on a station that the Federation has just reclaimed. From when was this? Nineties. Oh. So like. I think for a little bit it may have aired concurrently with the next generation. Wait, so he was the captain? No, he wasn't the captain. He was the. Who was the captain? Well, there was no captain on Deep what? Space Nine. Is you the can't, thing you have to have a captain? Well, no, because it's not a ship; it's a space station. So there was a commander. Oh, a station. Commander Cisco. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but Very he, honest. but so he was on the next generation for a little while too. Is the thing Miles O'Brien oh, really? was? Yeah, because Picard actually shows so he up a to carryover character. Yeah, basically. yeah, Picard actually shows up to send him off. <gasps> In the uh, first episode of Deep Space Nine. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for Picard to come out. If you don't know who Captain Picard is, get off this podcast. No, please keep listening <laughs> to this podcast. We need the listeners. We need the listeners. I'm kidding. Um, see, that was a test to see if you were listening. Tom Felton is in this movie. Oh, Tom yeah, Felton. Yeah, he friend. has a, a nice little cameo. Com- comic genius Tom Felton, who we'll get more into on the Harry Potter spectacular when it happens oh it's spectacular mm-hmm. he uh he has a harry potter centric cameo actually where jonah hill just makes harry potter jokes at him to try and get him to hang out with him and he eventually just leaves oh uh let's see there's the uh like i think that's probably what i would do if i was like if you if you ran into someone yeah. from harry potter like if i was not like prepared for it you would just you would just be like i probably make stupid jokes like that mm. Or just be so starstruck that I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> Probably more like it. Yeah, I've seen that happen to you before. With who? The Punch Brothers. <laughs> I think I was more starstruck with the Punch Brothers than um, Robert Schwartzman. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a short one. Your short one. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've seen this movie so many times. It's like... I'm trying to see if there's any points we didn't hit. I mean, uncomfortable rape scene... That is played for comedy, but is hard to laugh at. That's didn't work for me. Yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. We're what jo- does work is the music. It sounds like a, a real like band, even a real comedy. I already, I already covered that. Artist. Yeah, I know. I'm recapping. We're yeah. gonna recap. Yeah, just to make sure we didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It takes a turn after Vegas into darkness. It tries Which to get like makes, real, yeah, and it doesn't work. It yeah doesn't it doesn't sell very well. It's like you don't just jump off a roof into a pool and you're fine. That's well, you not- also don't just jump off a roof into a pool and then have the person that is mad at you forgive you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just instantly become best friends because you like have a bone sticking out of your arm. And also, you would not be able to perform if you had a bone sticking out of your arm. Uh, depends. No Adrenaline is a hell of a drug. No, I'm not saying, like, it wouldn't physically be possible. You, A, shouldn't, because you'd probably be bleeding out. And B... I think for insurance purposes, No one would let you to. do that. I think the most moving part of it for for me is when he's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't performed in so long, and then he realizes, oh, performing, that's what I got into this for, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm enjoying. I think that's the most moving moment of the yeah. movie for me and that that does work because i understand maybe not performing to a sold out show at the greek theater no? <laughs> but like i understand how much fun that is and yeah how that can make you feel 
overall, what did work is most of like the dialogue and the jokes that that are like dialogue specific. Those worked really well. What really didn't work for me is any of the sex stuff this time. Yeah, it, was it just, just seemed. I mean, it wasn't tasteful Mm-mm. in any way. It was. It was there kind of for shock value almost. And I and I do enjoy a raunchy comedy, but sometimes it's like. You go if you go to that well too often, it's just not going to work. Which felt dated. It absolutely. That did honestly feel dated. was the only thing that felt out of place. Everything else seemed very current. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, stuff hasn't changed that much between 2010 and 2019. Oh man, I made myself laugh. Yeah, that's a decade God. almost. Mm. A lot of things have changed. I. But not in this movie. Yeah, I think. The movie needs a better understanding of some of the racial messaging it was sending. It needs a, it could have used. But it a, could have been worse. It I could think have been much worse for the time. It was pretty okay. It it also sends a kind of reductive message about what music is real music and what yeah, what constitutes art. Like, you yeah. know, like reducing hip hop to gonna fuck your shit, gonna fuck your shit, gonna <laughs> fuck your shit up. Like that. That that, really that, that is hilarious, and I. It's fun now that I know that this is the same guy who directed Neighbors. Now I understand why that song shows up in Neighbors. Does it really? It does. Yeah, that's the song they're playing on the first loud party. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> I would give this movie three stars, though. I'd still give it three stars. Yeah, I still enjoy it a lot. There are parts of it that make me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but still overall enjoyable. Needs more women. Mm-hmm. Needs more non-white people. That's yeah. like my biggest criticisms other than maybe cut the rape next time you oh know. we forgot the frankly homophobic rape too because it's it all has to do with his butt but the good morning america thing where he's oh. supposed to play african child and, he and they get the, the african drummers they get the african drummers yeah and he he goes uh i'm just here to play gems and make the africa face that is pretty funny <laughs> good jokes good laughs fun movie could have been more fun but still Still holds up a lot for me. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm giving it three stars. You? Yeah, same. Three. Mm-hmm. Three solid stars. Yeah. And like I said, the first hour, very, very solid. Yeah. Problematic, but I would watch again. Yeah, absolutely. I still enjoy it a lot. I think next is supposed to be Get Out. Ooh. So that's that's going to be fun. Dadley Whitford is in that one as a villain. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Allison Williams is also in it. Uh, and to steal from another movie podcast, Caleb Laundry Jones. Who? Caleb Landry Jones, but, you know. Laund- we why? call him Caleb Laundry Jones because he's a dirty boy who needs to be washed. Oh, God. <laughs> he's what very podcast good at did like- you steal that from? Oh, I stole it from Blank Check. Oh. <laughs> mm. No, they call him Dadley Whitford, too. No, I don't think oh. they do. I've never heard them actually talk about Yeah, Bradley I don't think Whitford. they've talked about it. Yeah. Maybe that's just the internet. Thank you, internet. Mmm. Um, remember the Pocket Podcast Network? Other shows include... Ghoul Tank. Steampunks. Sorted. Yeah, go listen to all yeah. of those. Go on to <laughs> PocketPodcastNetwork.com. You can check those out. Uh, the Organ Machines do our intro and outro music. It's called Oil Waves. They've got some shows coming up, but not by yeah, the time that this in, episode comes out. If you're ever in ATL, go check them out. But yeah, check them out. Until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. See you next time. God, we, we really need something here. It's never how you knew it. Nobody.
programming right to your pocket. Hi, this is Jesse. And this is Griffin. And we're Avocado Toast. We're a news and social commentary podcast by young people for young people. Have you ever wanted to know more about climate change? The social conflict in Venezuela? Or maybe why Trump sucks so bad? Then we might be the podcast for you. New episodes every week. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play. Just go and search Avocado Toast. Check us out. Eat the rich.